0: Praise you, Lord, I praise you, oh, I praise you, yes, I praise you, how I praise you, my precious Lord. Jesus says "When the truth comes into you when the spirit of truth comes into you he sets you free it's like a bird that's tied the feet of the bird is tied the bird is not able to fly or to walk then a person comes he unties it and then the bird flies that's how we are sin binds our feet sin binds our feet to itself So, we're not able to walk. We're not able to do anything. We're not able to do what we think many times is right. But we're not doing it. In our heart, we know what we're doing is wrong. But we want to present a better image about ourselves. We say, I'm going to make myself look good. That's the best I can do. But I know inside myself, my heart, I'm like a sepulcher. I'm like a grave. If you open a grave, you know how it looks. You can have like a beautiful... Marble tombstone on top. You can make a big, beautiful little church on top with a cross on top. But once you dig that out, what do you see underneath that? You see bones. Depends on how long the body has been decomposing inside. It could be completely gone for many years. But on the whole, you see deadness underneath. You see dead bones. You can see dead flesh. Depends, like I said, upon the time. But outside it can look like a beautiful, beautiful tombstone. Somebody, if they don't know if it's a graveyard, they can even think that it's like a little church. That's how many people portray their lives on the outside. They look beautiful. But on the inside, they know that tombstone. Do you think it knows underneath what's there? The person who put that tombstone will know what's underneath that. So like that, in your heart and in my heart we know who we are really the real person who's inside we know and God knows so when we go to God we tell the Lord Lord I want to, re- I want to read uh, verse 16 and 17 with you again if you can please look at 16 and 17 Jesus says go and get your husband Jesus told her 17 she says I don't have a husband the woman replied Jesus said you're right you don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now you certainly speak the truth so God says you're really telling the truth you really don't have a husband right now and before that this was your life so now she says okay my life has been exposed whatever was inside external was removed underneath whatever bones were there it was brought out now the real me is outside in front of me I have to face it so she says you must be a prophet verse 19 she says sir the woman said you must be a prophet so tell me why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshiped now you look at this Look how well she's trying to now switch to another question. She answered when Jesus asked, and after Jesus said, You don't have your husband right now, you had five before, after he says that, you really spoke the truth. But he still gave her a command. Her, her goal was to get that living water, right? That was the purpose that she wanted a water that she can have, that she will never feel thirsty anymore. So for that, Jesus gave her work to do. Now she says, Lord, I'm unable to do the work because I don't have what you are asking me from. And then she says, she talks about spiritual things now. She says, Lord, I think you are a prophet because you know what's happening with me. And so she says, Jewish people say, you know, they worship here. Samaritans say, we worship here. But Jesus looked at her. She said, okay. I will answer you even that. Now you're asking me something different. I'm not going to say, hey, you're diverting the question. You're changing the topic. How crooked can you be? You don't see Jesus talking like that to her. Jesus knew exactly how to get to her heart. He said, Believe me, I'm going to answer you your question. And I'm going to take that question right back to where we first began. That is the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the compassion and love of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Jesus saw her heart even before she came to the well. He knew that this woman was going to come because he was God. He knew he was going to give her the word because he was God. He knew her heart. He knew that she is going to be a woman who's going to give her life over to the Lord. Jesus never makes stops for people we are gonna waste his time. He's never gonna say, I'm gonna go randomly, you know, go to the seashore or go to the marketplace and talk to a few bunch of people about the living water or about how to make fish or buy fish. Jesus never does that. He's very intentional in his communication. When Jesus communicates with somebody, something will happen. Something has to happen. Something must happen. always both ways it goes both ways it's never Jesus says something and somebody says okay I'm not gonna respond we see that in the life of the rich young ruler who said Jesus I want to inherit eternal life I want to go to heaven that's what he said Jesus I want to go to heaven what do I have to do if I have to go to heaven it's a question it's like a little child that comes to Uh, the parents and says mommy I want to go to heaven what do I need to do or I need to go to this um, store can you buy me this doll what do I have to do for that how much does this cost sometimes my children they come and ask we have to we want this how much do you think it costs that's what this rich young ruler did he came to Jesus and he said Lord I want to go to heaven I want to know if I qualify what do I have to do in order to inherit eternal life eternal life is heaven eternal death is hell because that's where people are gonna eternally suffer and eternally burn eternal life is that's where they're gonna eternally live and eternally be happy forever so this rich young ruler comes and asks Jesus Lord what do I have to do now Jesus says okay you need to uh, honor your father Uh, you should not commit adultery Um, you should not kill He's basically going over the Ten Commandments. And this young person says, Lord, I have done this since I was little. Since I was a little boy, I've been so good. I've been doing all of these things since I was little. Do you see Jesus saying, Oh yeah, hey, well done. Heaven belongs to you, my son. You're going to be in heaven? No. Jesus knew what was behind. Whatever he did, the motive, the motive, what he was doing and why he was doing. Now Jesus is addressing, he says, Son, if you really are, you're really looking for an answer, I'm going to give you the answer. You forsake everything. Whatever you have, sell to the poor. Now God is not asking everybody to sell everything and go. But he said something which really made sense to the rich young ruler. He said, you sell everything... By selling it, you're going to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And you're going to follow me. He never said, okay, dump everything and just come. He said, you're doing a very wise exchange. And you come and follow me. You know what this man did? He had no heart. You see a man who was very self-righteous here. Who said he wanted to go to heaven. But he really didn't have the heart to really... Go to heaven. And on the contrary, you see this woman. She had a very sinful life. The other one had like a very so-called righteous life outwardly. But this woman had a very sinful life. But Jesus talks to this woman. Two people. This woman, Jesus actually went to this woman. The rich young ruler, he came to Jesus and he asked a question. Jesus goes to somebody. He knows they're going to respond. He knows they're going to commit their lives to the Lord he knows they're really desperate they don't know what they're doing they're just killing themselves by doing things that they shouldn't be doing and Jesus says over here 22 you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship while well, we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews but the time is coming indeed it is here now where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit And in truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. So, Jesus says over here, I know, daughter, that you know very little. Your knowledge about God is very limited, because that's how much you were taught. But we Jews, we know a lot. You know very little. I'm going to give you a revelation of what worship is. Jesus is going to a Samaritan woman, giving a revelation of himself and giving a revelation of what real worship is. You see, when she was given the truth, what did she do with what she heard? What did she do with the truth that was presented to her? That's a question. When we are presented with the truth, what do we do with it? Do we act like how? The rich young ruler dead do we act that way and say Lord please this is too hard I don't think I can do it I think I will lose my freedom maybe I'm doing fine so I'm going the loser is not Jesus the loser is us we will be the losers we'll be thinking okay maybe later Maybe after 10 years, maybe after 20 years, maybe after 30 years, or maybe even after five years. we may think, the rich young ruler, he did not know how long, how many hours were given to him. He had no idea. He just went away sorrowful because he couldn't part with what he loved the most, which was money. But this woman over here, she had nothing to hold. She had a sinful life, but she had nothing, basically. She had nothing. And when Jesus came to her, he said, this is who God is. This is how we need to worship. 25, she says, she got a revelation now. She said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. Now she's giving another question. He will explain to us everything. So because she got a little bit of explanation, a revelation of what worship is, But Jesus says, the division, the partition that is there between Jews and Samaritan, He says, that's going to be dissolved. You know what? People are going to worship God in spirit and in truth. That's what God wants. Not like this. That's what He's telling Samaritan woman. And this Samaritan woman over here, then she throws another question. She has thirst inside. She has something going on about God, but she had very little knowledge. Jesus comes to give that knowledge. That's what God is doing to us tonight. God says, I want to give you that knowledge that you need for which I will hold you accountable. I want to give you the knowledge that you did not have before. You had a little bit of knowledge about me, but I'm going to give you what you need. The real knowledge that will really open your eyes to a whole different world. A revelation of what, of who God is, of what He can do for you. And that's what the Lord did for you. He said, I am the Messiah. I don't think I have read this kind of a statement anywhere in the gospel even Jesus actually threw that question to his disciples and he said who do you think that I am who do you think I am who do you think I am and Peter comes forward with an answer which was the right answer Jesus over here he's very forthright he's telling this woman he's giving her the deeper truth something that he didn't even give most people he says I am the Messiah I am the Messiah And his disciples are coming and they are trying to worry what is he doing here we knew he was tired but he's talking talking to a woman he never does that they did not have the insight that Jesus had the burden that Jesus had they all went happily to get food for Jesus did not eat you know that he says verse 32 when they said rabbi teacher Please eat. Eat something. We bought food for you. Please eat. He said, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. He says, when I do God's will, that fills me up, Jesus says. You know, sometimes when you don't eat, you might have not eaten food, but you go for some competition and you win. You forget about food. You are so happy, you already feel full. That's the kind of fullness Jesus had because he did the will of God. That will of God really filled his appetite, spiritual and physical appetite. And he he was on a mission. He said, I'm not going to sit until I accomplish because this woman needs to know about God. This woman needs to know who I am. And he revealed himself. And his whole focus was, you're not able to see anything. But I'm able to see, the field is ripe. There are many people like the Samaritan woman, who are ripe, who is are willing, who, is, who are ready, to hear about Jesus. But they have not heard enough. They only know a tiny bit. They don't know who the real Jesus is. They don't know who the living God is. They re- really don't know how to worship Him. They think, okay, I have to go to church. That's what is required. That's how I've been raised. I need to be good. I need to listen to my parents. So I need to not watch this. I need to watch that or need to do this or do that or go for Holy Communion or take baptism or whatever. Whatever they've been exposed to. Merely the teachings of man. That's what this woman was exposed to. The teachings of man. Whatever she was taught as a Samaritan woman. Jesus came and he revealed himself. Gave a whole new revelation of who Jesus was. He was the only one, the great I am, the Messiah God in flesh when she got this revelation she did not wait it says, she came for water right, she carried the pot and she came for water and she said okay I'll be back and she didn't go get water and she took the water and slowly walked her way to her village, she didn't do that she came for water she dropped the pot She ran. He found the truth. She found the truth. Now she says, I found the truth. And I'm going. I'm going to go tell my people in my village. She ran. She just, that's what truth will do. When you have a true encounter with your truth, it's not going to make you sit for a minute. You're going to be so much filled with it. You're going to run back to your people. Run back and say, look, could this be the Messiah? I think I found the truth. Do you want to come and see? You come and see yourself. You come and see who this Jesus is. And they all came. And it's sad. They actually begged him to stay with them. You see a lot of different places where people will say, Jesus, stay. And Jesus said, I have to go to other villages. And he left. But this place, in a Samaritan village, Jesus stayed for two more days for this people. That's the love of Jesus Christ. He stayed for two more days. He saw a field ripe. He saw those people without any shepherd. The love of Jesus Christ. He said, if I'm not going to stay here for two more days, these people are never going to hear it. These people will never know who I am. Jesus stayed for two more days. And you know what the people did? The result of Jesus staying there, exact same. It was like a replication of this woman. She said, I think I found the Messiah. Now these people are coming. They said, not because you just told me. Not because you just said, okay, come see. Could this be the Messiah? They said, we stayed with him for two days. Two days is more than enough. We know this is the Savior. They had an encounter with Jesus Christ. They saw him face to face they said not because you told now we know indeed he is the savior of the world look at the revelation the revelation that Jewish people did not have Jewish people did not have Do you see the contrast Jewish people who grew up in Jewish tradition who had the prophecies foretold who saw the miracles Jesus did and you don't see Jesus staying over here performing like substantial miracles like rising from the dead, you don't you don't really see any detailed description over here. But he stayed, but God stayed there in human form. Look at the response from two different groups of people. These people got the revelation; they got it; they really got it. This, it was like somebody presented this. This one understood. This one refused to understand. They got it they got what was presented to them jesus stayed for two days and they said we know that he is the savior of the world that means he's the messiah we know we believe he's the messiah we don't have to see anymore we don't have to um see any more miracles we don't have to really listen to any more conversation there was a dramatic change in their lives God wants to do that in our lives tonight. The Lord says, what do you do with what you heard? Do you fall into the Jewish group? Do you fall into the Samaritan group? We can either be born and brought up in a Christian religion, a little bit of truth, like the Samaritan woman got, or we could be born and brought up in a pastor's house, in a, in an evangelist's house, like the Jewish people. Yet they rejected the Messiah. So it doesn't make any difference. The only thing that matters to Jesus Christ is, how is your heart? Are you sincere before the Lord? Are you really able to see what is presented before you? Jesus Christ is being presented before you tonight just like he was presented to the people in the village, just like he was presented to the Samaritan woman. God as a savior. The Lord who will take away the sins of the world, and he took away the sins of the whole world. Is he your savior? He became that woman's savior. He became the savior of that village. Is he your savior tonight? What he has accomplished on the cross of Calvary Is it staying on the cross of Calvary, or am I making use of it? I can have $100,000 deposited in my bank by a king, or by my father, or by somebody who can give it. If I don't withdraw it, what is going to happen? What good is it going to do? It's just going to stay there, right? I can say, okay, I know about the $100,000. I know about it. I know about it. I know about it I can keep looking at it I can even talk about it I can tell how many zeros it has I can look at um, how many digits it has I can know what symbols it has or even how the dollar um, looks I can say all those things I can even talk about how to withdraw where the bank is how I can withdraw I can write a beautiful chart, explanation, a book about it. Unless you and I really go and withdraw it, we're not going to make use of it. It's going to stay. It's going to rot. It's going to be gone. Once I'm gone, somebody's going to take it, or it's going to go to the state. But if we make use of it, then with that $100,000, we make wise investment. I'm going to think, okay, maybe I'll buy a house, maybe not. Maybe I'll put it towards college tuition. Maybe not, maybe I'll close my debt. It's up to me how I can use it. The same way the blood of Jesus is available for us, he made that payment on that cross and it's there, right there on the cross of Calvary. Are we making use of it? Am I saying, Lord, I'm going to appropriate for my salvation. I'm going to appropriate for my healing. Lord, I'm going to appropriate for my education. I'm going to appropriate for my health. Whatever you need, the cross of Calvary has everything. It is everything to provide for us, for this life and in the life to come. Now, the cross is not for, okay, I'm going to be here. Once I'm done, I'll go to heaven. That's what salvation is for. No. Salvation is for this life and for the life to come. That means God's salvation will help us to live a much more fulfilled life, meaningful life, a life full of joy, happiness, peace, and a productive life. It's never going to be all about me. It's going to be all about Jesus. Through Jesus, what I can accomplish for him. Like we saw in worship, his life flows through us. Jesus says over here in John chapter 4, Out of his belly, rivers of living water. A spring, it's going to just spring forth. Where is that spring going to come? It's not going to automatically bubble. God puts that spring inside each person. The day we say, Jesus, I want you, come into my life. Lord, I want to follow you. He deposits that spring into us. From that spring, it bubbles. It bubbles. That life not only gives us life, it gives life to other people. Now, somebody else is going to come draw out of that. Now, don't we want to be that person? A person that's useful in the hands of God. A person that would give life to many people. Not just to myself, not just to my family, but to my neighbor, to my co-worker, to my colleague, everyone around, even people that we do not know. We can be a blessing, we can give life, people can draw from us. Please contact us at prayer at LBFL International Ministries.org. That's prayer at LBFL International Ministries.org. Or you may phone us at 01-845-360-0534. Once again, 001-845-360-0534. You may write us at LBFL International Ministries PO Box 966 Goshen, New York, 10924 U.S.A. On the web, please visit us at Ministries.org.